media outlets are experimenting with ways to attract younger audiences. As the under-35s snack instead of greys on smartphones across their multiple networks for news. They also have the lowest trust in media, according to a Reuters Institute report. How can media gain the trust of younger audiences? How can they inspire loyalty? Is it true that younger audiences don't consume long-form content? I'm Peter Wilkinson with the Alliance for Journalist Freedom, and Phoebe Connolly at the Washington Post is their Director of Next Generation Audience Development. So Phoebe, how are you going to snag a younger audience? So at the Post, uh, I took this job about a year ago and I set out to do two things. One, I thought it was really critically important for the Post to understand who our audience was, how we were measuring it, and what had been successful in bringing younger and more diverse audiences to our publication. Measuring that, sharing that in, that uh, research, those numbers, those benchmarks across the newsroom gave us a shared vocabulary so that we could be really ambitious as we set out in the path of experimentation. The other thing that I think is really key as you seek to reach a new audience is to look within your own newsroom and see who is already successfully pushing this forward, who is publishing stories that are thoughtfully sourced to really reflect the diversity of the audiences that you're trying to reach, who is the innovator who is out there on whatever the latest social platform is or the latest storytelling format. Surely someone in your newsroom is already innovating, experimenting, trying this out. How do you make sure that that work is documented and that they're held up as an example to their peers as someone who's really pushing the entire profession forward? What age groups are we talking about here? We're talking 18 to 24 or under 35s? What are we talking about? So at the Washington Post, we're defining younger audiences as readers who are under the age of 45. For the purposes of my team, um, we're cutting it off at 18 for payment and privacy reasons. Can you segment it more? Because the audience that people are scared about is the TikTok audience, the 18 to 24-year-olds who, uh, well, this is my assertion, um, don't read papers. How are you going to attract them? Or can you see what you've attracted in that age group? Well, don't tell Dave Jorgensen, who started our TikTok account, that uh, his audience is not reading the Washington Post because he, he feels pretty strongly otherwise. You know, within that broad age range, I do think that every organization and journalism as a whole does need to break it up into smaller segments. We've broken it up into 10-year increments. So we have Gen Z, which is 18 to 25. We have millennials, 25 to 35. And then what we've termed super millennials. I joke that I've offended everyone by taking the oldest millennials and the youngest of Gen X and lumping them all together as super millennials. And that allows us to draw a finer portrait of those audiences, their needs, their consumption habits, and their desires. I will say that even I will still use the term read sometimes when I'm talking about journalism, but it's really consuming journalism. Journalism comes in audio, journalism comes in video, journalism comes in video, but with uh, subtitles so that you can read it. Reading is not the only choice. I think I still default to that because the other option is sometimes consumer. And I like to think that our audiences engage with us at a deeper level than just giving us money, although we do hope they'll support us with their dollars. So my understanding is that the young audiences snack with media. They don't read long form. They flip from app to app. That habit of browsing and skimming is not restricted to any one generation. It has more to do with the devices that increasingly take over our daily lives. 
I don't think it's true that younger audiences, you know, won't read long or won't watch long. I think you look at platforms like Twitch, for example, which has incredibly long watch times. People will engage with something when the time that they are giving it is really merited by the subject and the way that it's handled. The, the challenge for us as news organizations is to make sure we're meeting the moment, the story, and the audience with what they're looking for at that time. If they're looking for a quick catch-up in the morning, to go back to print, often our papers and magazines had a brief digest at the beginning, right? Why do we shy away from that concept online? Do you know how many in the 18 to 24 age group read the post? Well, we did get some encouraging news this week at the end of July. Our com score numbers have come back and we have actually increased our audience share in the 18 to 34-year-old range. We were at 22% of our audience. They now make up 26% of our audience. But I think that cultivating any new audience segment is a long game. It's not about any one set of reported numbers. It's about building a relationship of trust with them, about showing that you are a consistent source of reliable reporting on topics that they care about and in formats and in locations like social media apps where they're going to look for updates on information. The Reuters Institute's research tells us that the under 35s are the people who trust media least. What are you doing to turn that around? I think it's important that we tell not just the reporting, but the story of how we arrived at that reporting. I think it's ever more important that we explain what reporting is, what it means to source a story, who we've talked to for a story, the number of sources that we've consulted, all of that showing our work, right? Showing showing how we reached that final equation, that final number, that final story, that final piece of video helps build trust with our readers. I also think that being on social platforms, showing that we are engaging there, talking about our reporting as we're doing it, obviously, when we can, when it's not giving away the scoop, but showing that we're engaged in a story, not just from the moment that the final story is published, but along the way and showing readers that we're there is a key part of this. Travis Lyles, who's the head of our Instagram team and recently took over um, head of all of our social platforms, has a great story about how he made a point of engaging with readers on Instagram in the comments. They would reply, they would ask a question, and Travis would get in there with his own personal account and reply. Thanks, I'll pass that on to the reporter. Appreciate you reading. Explaining some finer point of how we had reported out a story, Travis saw an immediate change in the tone, and those became some of the the biggest supporters of the post on Instagram. Why? Because we engaged with their questions and we explained our process. I've wondered why journalists don't interact with their readers more in the same way that influencers interact heavily with their followers. It's, it seems to me part of that's arrogance. Part of that is we didn't do it before, so why do it now? I would be loath to speak for every member of the profession as to sort of why we haven't. But I do think that comment sections, chat streams, et cetera, can be a scary place. I guess my words of wisdom would be just to jump in and engage with your audience, with your readers, greet them with the same respect that you would greet a crowded board meeting that you go and attend, right? A, a public where we as journalists are very used to going in and winning over tough sources and getting them to trust us with their stories and then reporting that out fairly. And I think in a lot of ways, our comment sections, whether they're on our own sites or one of my favorite places to hang out during a big political event is actually on a Twitch stream. Those viewers are some of the most engaged, thoughtful people on any live stream that we have. They've got questions and you just need to jump in and engage with them. So have you got an idea of how journalism might look 
if everything goes to plan the way you're maneuvering things and, and others by 2035? I don't know. And I don't know because I think that the platforms and the formats will keep changing. My background for almost the past decade has been in video. And I've seen every permutation of video, square, vertical, captioned, uncaptioned. And that to me is what kept it so exciting, right? The format, the platform is going to keep changing. Who knows what we'll be using in five years? Will it still be Instagram? Will it still be TikTok? Will it be something that hasn't even been invented yet? Staying focused on where our audiences are going and the opportunities offered by these platforms, the ways that they make us rethink storytelling, that to me is the promise of the future of our industry. Because if we show up and we build trust, then I really believe that audiences will continue to consume and ultimately support our journalism. It's a long and difficult process building trust. And the future of journalism relies on separating itself from the rest of the noise by being trustworthy. I think the hope for journalists lies in ensuring that we are listening to our audiences and that we are reporting on their circumstances, their realities, what surrounds them what they care about, and being as factual and as constant, right? We need to report stories as they continue to affect a community, not just when news breaks. Phoebe Connolly, all the best with your project, and thank you very much. Thank you so much. 